Love Talk Radio. Spreading the love worldwide. www.jesusinthemorningradio.com
Radio, not just for your ears, but also for your spirit. Jesus in the morning radio. And you're with Barbara. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're grateful this morning unto Almighty God for another Thursday morning. Hallelujah. God is faithful. He's on our side again today in spite of us. He's looking beyond our fault and yet meeting our needs. And we love him today. We appreciate him. We're grateful unto him. We thank him. We can't make it without him. For without him, we can do absolutely nothing. Uh, we uh, one day before truly coming into uh, the Christmas holiday season, I say, because starting December the first, I usually have a lot of shopping already done, but I will begin tomorrow uh, to get a lot of things in place, the meal and everything. We got our menu together, but we we have to yet do some early shopping and um, to purchase, you know, certain items to cook. And so we're thankful unto the Lord for this time of the year because it reminds us that God so loved us. He sent his only begotten son. And if we believe on that son, we won't perish but have everlasting life. Jesus Christ this morning. Hallelujah. He's the answer to every problem that we could ever have because he's the mediator between man and God. And when we go to him, he take our petition to the Father. And I often say it because I believe this. I believe because his begotten son bring it. He answers because he know that his son is not going to bring him anything amiss or any foolishness. Yeah, that's the way I think. So when I go to him and I ask him to carry my petition to the Father, and I do it in his name. Hallelujah. I'm going to hear back in a little while. Yeah. If what I'm asking for is according to the will of God, I'm going to hear back shortly. Hallelujah. And then sometimes I don't hear back. And then this comes to mind. It won't work together for your good. I love him. He called and chose me. And so, therefore, he won't withhold no good thing from me. So, if he's not moving on this that I've asked for, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, right now, it won't work together for my good. It don't mean later it may not work, but right now, uh, he won't give me anything I can't handle. Hallelujah. So I'm grateful unto him this morning, and welcome everyone to Jesus in the Morning. I'm your host, Evangelist Barbara Pittman of Freedom Doors Ministries, and I come to you live each weekday morning. 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and today is November the 30th. Look at this, 2023. We're 11 months and 30 days into this new year of 2023. I know somebody said the new year been gone. No, this November 30th is in the year of 2023. I've never seen this day before. Yeah, it's still a new year. Hallelujah. And so we thank God this morning for reminding us to come before him with thanksgiving, come before him knowing that he is God, make a joyful noise unto him, hallelujah, pray without ceasing, all the list is endless. We thank him this morning because we are the head and not the tail, we are above and not beneath, no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper, we're more than conquerors 
through Christ Jesus that love us. Amen goes right there this morning. I feel all right right there. Thankful unto him today because he woke us up closed in our right mind. We remember that we can go to Jesus in the morning. Hallelujah. Every morning he wake us up, we can come unto him. Yeah. We, we may be burdened and heavy laden. Sometimes we may not, but we know it's the place to come to. Come to Jesus. Hallelujah. Because he's the author and finisher of our faith. He's our Lord and Savior. He's our King of kings and Lord of lords. Hallelujah. And I love talking about him. I love it. I love it. Because he's been so good to me. Faithful, faithful unto me. And this is why I work to be faithful unto him. I pray to be faithful unto him. I tell him, Father, my desire is to be faithful unto you. Why? He said, if I will be faithful, one day he's given me a crown of life that will never fade away. Hallelujah. I'm looking forward to that. I I, want to see what streets of gold look like. I want that mansion just over the hill. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to rest with him throughout eternity. Yeah. I believe he'll give me a name that no one can pronounce but him. Yeah. I'm from the South, and I said often, too, I like big jewelry, chunky jewelry. I like big emeralds, big big topaz, big sapphire. Yeah, I like the big jewelry. Yeah, the big stones. And so one day I'm looking forward to what's in my crown. Yeah, because we prepare daily to go back with him. Oh, we're busy. The world is a busy place. And many of us, we have family and friends and jobs and ministries and businesses and different things. But guess what? We yet remember God. We pray to keep our mind on him. We're not concerned about the outcome of that. We're concerned about the instructions. We know that if we keep our mind on him, he's going to keep us in perfect peace. This way we can yet prepare for his return. Hallelujah. We want to delight ourselves in him. We're not so much concerned about him giving us the desires of our heart unless it's spiritual. But we want to follow the instructions to delight ourselves in him. Oh, and wait on him. Hallelujah. Wait on and watch what you get. Yeah, we want to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And we're not so concerned about all these things being added. It's automatic because we are obeying his instructions. Yeah, when we seek his kingdom, it's going to teach us to seek him. When we seek his kingdom, it's going to teach us how to keep our mind on him. Not only that, we're walking in the earth thinking about heavenly things. We're remembering he's coming back looking for his church without spot or wrinkles. So we are praying that we get the spots and wrinkles out of each of us. So that, Lord, when you come back and you see us, you'll see yourself in us. We did what you did. We did what you say to do. Once we received him and he saved us, sanctified us, set us aside, we found out we come to do the will of him that sent us to Almighty God, Jehovah, that have all power. Yeah, we come to do the will of the Father. We're not here on our own business. We're here on his business. Hallelujah. Because he wished that none should perish. So we're here to lead others to Christ. 
Yeah, to lead others to Jehovah God through his son, Jesus Christ. That's why we're here. We're workers in the vineyard. And we're working while it's a day because when night comes, no man can see. Hallelujah. So we want to remember daily him. We want to remember daily the work that he called or chose us for or called and chose us for. We want to remember and get our work done. Yeah, we want to continue to look to the hills from which cometh our help. All of our help comes from the Lord. He made the heaven and the earth. Amen goes right there this morning. Hallelujah. Yeah, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm trusting him with all my heart and leaning not to my own understanding. In all my ways, that word all is a big, big word. All my ways I'm acknowledging him. He's directing my path. I don't want to be wise in my own eyes. I want to fear God and depart from evil because all of this will strengthen me. At the age of 66, it will strengthen my bones. Oh, I have a good run at it. Yeah, the nursing home is not ready for me yet. The grave is not ready. I should live and not die to the clatter works of the Lord. And I'm not staying because I don't want to die. Because I'm sleeping away. But I want to stay until the work is done. Until all of my assignments are completed. Then I can go. And he know when I don't know the time. He know when the complete assignment, the last one, that thing that he assigned me to is done. Only he knows. Hallelujah. I've been in places where I knew once I finished this, that was it. That was the end of my assignment in this city, in this place, in this house, in these apartments. I knew it. The work was complete. Yeah, even had a convenience store and a cafe. I knew when the work was complete, it was time to go. I didn't want to go. I enjoyed what I had. I loved the community and I loved the people. But my work was done and I had to move on to the next assignment. The next assignment was at a nursing home. Hey, glory, glory. So we thank him this morning, and we look to him to continue to lead and guide us in the right path for his name's sake and to teach us how to prepare for his return because he's coming back one day, and he's looking for us, that faithful few. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, that he's not going to leave us here. Yeah, and he won't leave us sleep. One day he'll wake us up, and uh, he would judge us. And I'm hoping to hear him say, well done, that good and faithful servant. I'm hoping to hear him say, you serve well. Yeah. When in places nobody else would go, huh? Help those that nobody else would help. You taught them a wondrous works. You made known my deeds among the people. You were a cheerful giver, Barbara. God bless me to be a cheerful giver. I gave you the spirit and the gift of caring, and I saw you caring for so many. I even saw you caring for those that appeared to be uncareable, Barbara. I saw you love those who appeared to be unlovable. I saw you take your time and train those who appeared to be untrainable. Come on in. Hallelujah. I want to sit at his feet. 
I, I don't have to tell him how I got over. He know how I got over. He brought me over. Hallelujah. But I want to sit at his feet. And he's going to teach me things I never knew. He's going to show me places I never been. Yeah. And again, my name. He going to have a name just for me. Hallelujah. Special name. Hallelujah. Hey, glory, glory, glory. Some days it make you want to go. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm not willing to go just yet. Again, I shall live and not die to declare the works of Almighty God. I'm grateful unto him this morning. Thankful, thankful for what he has done. Let me tell you, he'll even send strangers to bless you. Hey, thank you. Thank you, Master. Thank you today, God. Oh, we give you glory, honor, and praise. Father, there's none like you. He will send strangers to bless you. You never saw these people before. You never even heard of these people. And sometimes he'll send a stranger to bless you and the stranger disappear. Like what? Yeah. This is the kind of God he is. <laughs> and he won't put any more on you. Really, he won't. Then you can bear. He know how much. Listen, I'm going to tell you how I know, too. When my mom passed, I wasn't in town. I had been away for a few months. Had I been home, I'd have been right over to my mom's in the kitchen when she in the kitchen. And she was making flowers. I was helping her. But when my mom passed away, I had been away. And the blow wasn't so hard. The blow wasn't as hard as it would have been if I would have been with her every day. He's got a mighty sweet way. <laughs> And I thank him for it. Ah, yeah, Lord Jesus. So I'm grateful this morning unto Almighty God. And I thank him for all he has done, what he's doing right now, and what he's going to do. Great and mighty things. Hallelujah. So listen, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And uh, when we come back, we'll come back with one more uh, about three minutes of a song request. And then we're going to talk about today, God is greater than our struggles. And we're going to talk about, mic check, mic check, one, two, mic check, one, two, testing, one, two, testing, one, two. We're coming back to talk about that. Because we need to do self-inventory as often as possible. And some don't do self-inventory, yet God is greater than our struggles. I call them trials. Many call them struggles. Because the word don't say your struggle comes to make you strong, but it, it does say our trials come to make us strong. So we're going to connect the, the mic check with God is greater than our struggles today, than our trials. Hallelujah. Because it's him that's allowing us to go through a trial so we can learn. Had I not gone through all these trials, I would not know nothing. I would not know a thing. I think I may would be dead and gone or somewhere in a mental institution until I died. But because God lives and because he so loved the world, ha, <laughs> ha. And sin is only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. 
I can face today, I can face tomorrow and any other day uh, that he wake me up because he lives today. He's on our side today. He's for us today. Again, we can cast our cares upon him for he cares for us. We have not because we ask not. Listen, I go to him for everything because of this. The earth is here. I'm in the earth, but I'm not of it. The earth is here, the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. Everything and everybody, including that devil, God got power over it. So I go to him for everything. I need money, I go to God. I can remember a, a, a few weeks ago, I prayed a prayer concerning money, y'all. And when I looked at my bank account and checking account, it just wasn't there. But every time something come up, I needed money. When I would look back, it would be there. Somebody said, she crazy. Nope. I'm telling you what he does. He multiplies. And every time the bank took uh, uh, an amount out of the checking, it says pending. Now, the balance left is a good balance because they've already taken that money out. You don't have to include that when you calculate. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He's good to me. He'll even send uh, uh, money that I should be getting. He'll send it early. Because I need it earlier than the normal date. Ooh-wee. He's that kind of friend. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Oh, I like talking about it. <laughs> Ooh, talking of his wonders works. I like making known his deeds among the people. I'm just telling you because he has done so much. Somebody else can testify to some of this stuff and say he did it for me, Barbara. Yeah. Russ Tapp said one day he was walking, one day he was talking. God came in and saved him. Put clapping in his hand. <laughs> Ooh, running in his feet. Take the doubt from his mind. Hallelujah. What a mighty God we serve. Oh, thank you, Jesus. We thank you this morning. Hallelujah, Father. We are grateful unto you. We give you glory. We give you the honor and the praise this morning. And, Father, we bow down to worship you in spirit and in truth. For there's none like you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you this morning for waking us up, closing our right minds, Father, we thank you for the use and activity of limbs, life, our lives, health, and strength. We thank you for yet being on our side in spite of us, looking yet beyond our faults and yet meeting our needs. Oh, we thank you for this brand new day. We thank you for a new opportunity, Father, all to get it right with you. Thank you for the preparation for your return, for we know not a day, not an hour when you're returning. And, Father, we thank you for the work that you chose and called us for. We thank you this morning. Thank you for every caller. Thank you for every listener. We thank you this morning for Jesus in the Morning Radio Talk Show. We thank you, Lord, for all you've given unto us, great and mighty things, that your work must continue. Hallelujah. We thank you this morning that you're our God, Jehovah. And, Father, you're almighty God that have all power. There's no higher power. We thank you this morning. Hallelujah. And we can't thank you enough for you're more than worthy of our honor. 
of the glory we give you, of the praise we give you, of the worship we give to you. Father, I don't believe it's enough because you're more than God. Anytime we need you, give us more than, and we thank you. Hallelujah. Bring in every call and every listener before you this morning. And, Father, we ask that you would encourage your people, that you would inspire your people. Lord, this morning that you would send a word that would heal, a word that would deliver, a word that would strengthen. You sent your word and it healed. Do it today right here, Father, in the name of Jesus. We lift you up. We glorify you. But no man can compare. And, Father, these are your people. And I ask this morning, hey, glory, in the name of Jesus, that you would bless every listener, every caller, oh God. Lord, I ask today that you would give heart desire. And not only that, but, Lord, you would send uncommon miracles their way or in the season of celebration that God these your people will be able to do things they have never been able to do before and there will be no debt following it but that God whoever they want to give to cheerfully they will be able to give the gift of their choice are uh, in honor of celebrating you do it for your people's sake in the name of Jesus thank you Lord thank you hallelujah thank you Jesus and, Father, we come this morning asking that, again today, you would stir up the gifts in us. That, Lord, we would go to the vineyard and work full time. And that, Lord, we would get the work done in your name and unto you, not unto us. And, Lord, we don't trust us, but we trust you. Hallelujah. And we thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Move by your spirit in healing this morning. Father, Touch and heal your people. Lord, if you speak healing, they will be healed right now. Heal us all mentally, spiritually, and physically this day. In the name of Jesus. Lord, help us. Teach us how to keep our mind on you. Teach us how to walk in the spirit that we don't fulfill the lust of our flesh. Father, teach us how to delight ourselves in you. Teach us how to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. In the name of Jesus, we ask. And Father, strengthen us as we go into the vineyard to work. And let us give a full day. Hallelujah. Because that's not another paymaster like you with the benefits that you offer. We thank you this morning. Oh, we give you glory, honor, and praise again. Heal today. You heal all manner of sickness and disease. And, Father, you didn't say we had to beg. You said ask. Hallelujah. And it will be given. We are asking you today for healing. Father, we ask that you would bless those that are incarcerated, those that are in every branch of the military. Father, bless widows and bereaved families and intercessory prayer people everywhere, praying in the name of Jesus in obedience, in prayer unto you. Do the same for preachers. Preaching in the name of Jesus in obedience unto you and love for your people. Bless Israel and prosper Jerusalem. Bless our brothers and sisters everywhere overseas, O oh God. You know what they stand in the need of today. And Lord, we ask that you would strengthen those that can't speak about you, can't call your name out, can't study or read the Bible out loud, can't quote your word, can't Talk of your wondrous works with others out loud. 
Father, strengthen and bless this day. Loose your protecting angels to stand watch, to shield and protect them. Keep them from all hurt, harm, or danger. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Father, if it had not been for you on all our sides, where would we be today? Oh, we give you glory. And Father, we bring these United States of America and the leadership before you. And Father, we ask that you would strengthen us and that God, you would fix the hearts of the leadership and regulate their minds in the name of Jesus. Father, we ask that your will would be done in this country. We ask that you would have your way. That God, you will continue to bless us. But Lord, we're losing. We're losing the fighting battle. We're losing because we've taken you out of things. Yet we are expecting you to bless. Have mercy upon us all and forgive us, O oh God. In this country called America, in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. Most of all, we thank you that you still love us. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Bless this segment of Jesus in the morning. Again, Father, send your word and heal today in the name of Jesus. We thank you. We ask that you would do it, oh God. Nothing of me, nothing of no one else, only that you would speak and bless us, your people, in the name of Jesus. Father, send those finances uh, to those who stand in need this morning. Not wanting for God those that need to pay bills, need food on the table. Children need whatever. Grandchildren need whatever. Grandparents raising grandchildren. Father, bless this morning as only you can do. And we know that you have all power. And there's nothing too hard for you to do. Do it today in the name of Jesus. Amen and hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All glory to his majesty. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. Yeah, there's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one, he said. None else could heal all our soul's diseases. No, not one. Yeah, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I want to go to this one this morning. I want to take a ride.
Have you ever faced a problem so big that you wondered if even God could solve it? Are you dealing with challenges that make you feel like you're completely stuck, even when you pray? If so, listen closely. No matter how big your problem is, God is even bigger. Today, I urge you to stick with us as we explore the limitless ability of God to deliver us from our troubles and His ability to overshadow and minimize the impact of the challenges or trials you're currently navigating. God's power can turn your problems into possibilities, and He can deliver you from all your troubles. I'm also going to pray a powerful prayer with you in the mighty name of Jesus. So watch until the end and open your hearts to receive the blessings of this prayer. My friends, we find ourselves in an era where problems, challenges, and trials often feel unending, seemingly becoming the rule rather than the exception. Yet, it's crucial for us to understand that no matter how insurmountable these obstacles may appear, God is infinitely greater. In Psalm 34, verses 17 to 19, the Bible tells us the righteous cry out, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. This Bible verse has made it clear that God hears the cries of the righteous and delivers them from all their troubles, reaffirming the enduring truth that God is indeed bigger than any problems we may face. So together, we will delve into other biblical principles that affirm this truth, while focusing on seven key insights that you need to understand. Number one, God's infinite power overrides all challenges. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, verse 28, says, Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. Friends, it's all too easy to feel overwhelmed by life's challenges. Whether they're financial issues, health concerns, or strained relationships. But before we give in to despair, let us remember who created the universe and all that is within it. God, whose power and understanding are beyond human comprehension. Think about the story of the Israelites who were enslaved in Egypt for 400 years. They faced insurmountable challenges, yet God parted the Red Sea for them and vanquished their oppressors. If the creator of the universe can do that, imagine what he can do for you. All it takes is faith as small as a mustard seed to move mountains. There is a saying that when you reach the end of your rope, you'll find God's hands waiting to catch you. How many times have you felt like you've reached that point? Instead of wallowing in despair, take that leap of faith. Know that God's power is so much greater than any problem you might have. Our focus must not be on the problem, but on the problem solver. Reflect on this. If God can breathe life into dust and calm stormy seas with a simple command, what makes you think he can't handle your issues 
God's power is infinite. If he has done it for others, he will do it for you. Our God is faithful. Be patient, trust his timing, and put your trust in God. Number two, God's unchanging nature is our anchor. Malachi 3 verse 6 tells us, For I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. My dear friends, in the ups and downs of life, our emotions and circumstances change like the tides. However, God's nature is unchanging, and in that we can find solace. In the Bible, we read about Job, who lost everything, his health, his wealth, and his family. Yet, he held on to his faith in God's unchanging nature. Eventually, his fortunes were restored many times over. The world around us is constantly changing, making it hard to find stable ground. When facing the storms of life, think of God as your anchor. He will provide stability and strength when everything around you seems to be falling apart. In moments of uncertainty, remember that God was, is, and always will be the same. A loving father ready to embrace his children. As your challenges change, as your worries multiply, and as your problems grow, God still remains the same unchanging anchor. My friends, you're not going through your struggles alone. God is there with you. In times of trouble, hold on to the anchor of God's unchanging nature. Trust that His love and eternal consistency will see you through your darkest days. Number three, your faith determines your perspective. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. This is the word of the Lord, according to Hebrews 11, verse 1. Again, let us consider the story of David and Goliath. Here was a young shepherd boy, armed only with a sling and five smooth stones, standing before a giant of a man clad in armor. What gave David the courage to face such an adversary? It was his unwavering faith in a God much bigger than Goliath. When faced with a problem, we often look at it through the lens of our limitations, forgetting that our perspective should be rooted in our faith in God. Like David, we must focus on God's strength rather than our weakness. This perspective shift doesn't belittle your problems. Rather, it magnifies your faith in a God who can solve them. It's easy to be overwhelmed when you're staring up at a mountain of problems. But remember, from a high vantage point, even the tallest mountains appear small. Elevate your faith rise above your challenges, and from that viewpoint, you'll see that your problems can be overcome. As you go through life, remember that your faith sets the stage for divine intervention. The bigger your faith, the smaller your problems seem in the face of our God, who holds the universe in His hands. Number four, prayer is your direct line to the problem solver. Philippians 4 verses 6 to 7 reminds, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, 
which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, my friends. How often do you turn to prayer in moments of despair? We often think of prayer as the last resort, when it should be our first line of defense. There's a powerful story in the Bible about Hannah, who was barren and ridiculed by her peers. Instead of succumbing to her sorrows, she poured out her heart in prayer, and God answered her by blessing her with a son. He was called Samuel, who would grow up to be a great prophet. This story can be found in the book of 1 Samuel, chapters 1 and 2. Prayer is more than just presenting a list of requests to God. It's about establishing a deep and meaningful relationship with Him. When you pray sincerely, you're not just talking to God, you're talking with God. In that conversation, you'll find the peace that surpasses all understanding. Remember that you are never too broken, too lost, or too insignificant for God to hear your prayers. In your darkest moments, the light of God's love can shine the brightest, illuminating the way out of your problem. It's not about the eloquence of your words, but the earnestness of your heart. In your prayer life, always remember that you're not just pleading with a distant God. Instead, you're communing with a loving Father. That is the beauty and the power of prayer. Number 5. God's grace is sufficient for you. 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9 tells us, And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. My dear friends, have you ever felt like you are unworthy or undeserving of God's blessings because of your struggles or failures? At times, our problems make us feel like we are too flawed for God to work through us. Yet, let us remember the Apostle Paul, a man with his own thorn in the flesh. Despite his petitions for relief, God's answer was that his grace was sufficient. And so, Paul rejoiced in his weaknesses because it was then that God's power was made manifest. Even when we are weak, God is strong. Your problems do not define you. But God's grace does. His grace isn't a one-time gift, but a constant flow of love and support. Every time you stumble, every time you falter, God's grace is there to catch you and lift you up. You may feel like you're going through the fire, but remember that fire also refines gold. God's grace can turn your trials into triumphs, your tests into testimonies. Just as Paul found joy in his weaknesses, because it showcased God's strength, let your problems be an opportunity for God's grace to shine. So, when you find yourself struggling, remember that God's grace is sufficient for you. It doesn't mean your problems will disappear, but it means you will have the strength to face and overcome them, knowing that God's power is made perfect in your weakness. Number 6. Understand the significance of community and fellowship. In the book of Galatians, chapter 6, verse 2, it says, Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. 
Community and fellowship are more than just buzzwords. They are a biblical mandate. My friends, none of us are meant to go through life alone, especially during challenging times. Think of Moses, who was tasked with leading the Israelites to the Promised Land. Despite being chosen by God, Moses needed Aaron and Hur to hold up his arms during a battle. He couldn't do it alone. It's not just about bearing your burdens alone, but sharing them with a community that can help you carry them. Sometimes God solves your problems by sending people into your life who can offer a different perspective, practical support, or spiritual guidance. But I urge you to exercise discernment in choosing whom to confide in. Begin by praying for God's wisdom and listening for the guidance of the Holy Spirit. This is crucial because, as we all know, not everyone has your best interests at heart. Buke every sickness, disease, or evil force that may try to attack my body, mind, or spirit. I declare healing in every area of my life. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, I pray for your protection over me and my loved ones. May your angels encamp around us, keeping us safe from harm's way. I pray for the salvation of my loved ones, that they too will come to experience your grace, goodness, and love. Lord, I ask for your abundant blessings to flow in my life, that I may not lack any good thing, and that I will be empowered to bless others. Father God, strengthen my faith, empower my prayers, and infuse my life with your grace. Lord, as I say this prayer, together with everyone listening, I thank you for every heart that is open to your grace and mercies right now. For those of us who are burdened, Lord, may you give us rest. For those who are in despair, may you fill us with hope and comfort through your Holy Spirit. Father, for persons who are wrestling with doubt, anxiety, and fear, May you fortify their faith. Lord, for those who feel isolated and alone, may your Holy Spirit bring them comfort and companionship. And for those who are being attacked by sickness and emotional trauma, Lord, may your healing hand restore them completely. Merciful Father, I pray that you bless us in this community, and may we all carry each other's burdens as we are led by your Holy Spirit. Lord, we declare that we are delivered and set free from all forms of bondage, obstacles, and challenges that have hindered our spiritual and physical progress. Thank you, Lord, for hearing and answering my prayer. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. If you were blessed by this message, Type the word Amen in the comment section below. I declare that all the blessings of this prayer are now upon you in the name of Jesus. You can help us to reach more persons and spread the gospel. You can do this by sharing the video with a friend or family member who you know needs the blessing of this prayer and by clicking the like button also. Remember to subscribe to the channel for more videos that will bless your heart and uplift your spirit. We appreciate all those who support us. You're blessed to be a blessing. Now, 
for those who are listening and you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I urge you to receive God's grace with an open and repentant heart. Start where you are. Your past doesn't matter. Jesus came to seek and to save those that are lost. God loves you. It is not God's will that anyone should perish, but for all to come to repentance. Say this simple salvation prayer for yourself. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Lord Jesus, hear my prayer. I pray. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Amen. Now that you have prayed this prayer, you can ask a pastor to baptize you at a local church and make that decision public. Baptism is a symbol of that decision to follow Jesus. I then encourage you to have fellowship with other believers, to learn more about your new life, and to get to know more about God. Please feel free to leave your prayer request in the comments section so that we can...
Hallelujah, hallelujah, Mr. Lionel Richie this morning. And Jesus is love. And that's what we know him as. Many of us, we know him as the God that loves us. Hallelujah. Because he and his father, they are one. Yeah, they're not separated. They're one. Hallelujah. Anyway, we're moving on this morning. And uh, we heard uh, the message, God is greater than our struggles. And a lot of times, uh, our trials, and some may, again, may call it a struggle. God is greater and much bigger than anything you could be going through today. And the biggest thing that I know that people don't understand is this coming to Jesus. Yeah. If you haven't come to him yet, you have much bigger problems than a trial. Because if you return and you don't belong to him, you can't go with him. You must believe. You must belong to him. You must obey him. He said if we obey him, the believers now, if we obey him, then we are his. But if we don't obey, don't obey we don't belong to him. Now that's his word. And he said that this obedient is witchcraft. Now, that's what he said. I didn't say it. You can hold it against me again this morning. But I wasn't there when God even inspired man to write his word. But I believe it because I know it is to be the truth. God is not a lying God. Hallelujah. Jehovah. He's not a lying God. He don't have to lie. He made the heavens and the earth. <laughs> he don't have to lie. He made us for his pleasure. And he loves us still today. Yes, he does. Hallelujah. It's up to us to seek him and to find him. It's up to the believer every day to taste and see that the Lord is good. Because if you don't taste to see that he's good, you'll forget. Because when the cares of this old life come in, you'll forget it's God that will raise a standard for you. So we back to our topic. Mic check, one, two. Mic check, one, two. Testing, one, two. Testing, one, two. Why? Because daily we need to check in with God. And make our calling and elections sure with him. We need to make sure that we are taking self-inventory. So that we're doing what's pleasing and acceptable unto almighty God. We're not just out here on our own squirrely burden around. We're not out here on our own accepting every wind and doctrine that come our way. But we found Jesus and we're holding on to him. We're not letting go our faith because that's what it all starts with, with Almighty God. Faith, believing. Again this morning, I say it every day. Those of us that come to him, we must believe that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And many times we're not faithfully seeking God. We're not constantly seeking him. We're walking in our own life. We're thinking of our own thoughts. 
So for, for some, the struggles come, but for the people of God, the trials come. Our, tri- our trials come to make us strong. It's not a punishment from God. It's a lesson. It's a teaching. As his sons and daughters, we go through trials. And again, it's not a punishment. The believer trial again this morning come to make us strong. Each trial make us depend on God through his son, Jesus Christ. Because without God, we can do nothing. So say it's it's your property, it's your house, and something is going on there. And it's something with the property tax. And look like this thing just won't go away. That's a trial, believer. You prayed about it, you're waiting on God. You spoke the word of God over it, you're waiting on God. All of a sudden, one day, you get the letter in the mail that says, it's over. We figured it out. We found the problem. We got the error fixed. And this letter is to confirm what we're telling you. In other words, they give you proof that it's fixed. You don't have to worry about a $3,000, $4,000, $5,000 property tax bill. That was a trial. You had to pray and Trust God and stand on the word, and it soon faded away. Because no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. I can promise you that, believer. The saints of God, the Christians, the children of God. Yeah, we're sons and daughters of the Most High God. Yeah, so things will come up on the job. They done said they're going to do this on the job. They're going to. Switch your department. They're going to do. And you say, Lord, I've been working in this apartment for 10 years, 20 years. I don't want to switch departments. I want to stay right here where I'm familiar. And I've got my work down to a fine science. I I don't want to go nowhere training nobody else and they promote them before they promote me. I want to stay right here, Lord. Do it for me. And look like that's not happening. They having uh, staff meetings and they still talking about it. They had staff meeting and they introduce you to the new person. That's a trial. Nothing has happened yet. You're still in your old position. The company is still doing the same thing. But now, if you go with the floor, if you say, "Okay, Lord, well, I'm gonna just have to get ready." Well, go on and prepare yourself for what the devil talking about. But if you stand on the word of God, you don't went before the throne of grace and made your petition known to Almighty God, and you standing on His word. Oh no, you're gonna stay right there in that position. If anything, the supervisor go. If anything, the owner of that company will sell it. Excuse me. And the new people come in will leave things like they are for you. Now they may change some other departments, but what what you have going on is gonna continue. Trials come to make us strong. It's not a punishment. It's a lesson. So look, each trial again makes us depend on God. Because we can't do nothing without him. I can't go 
and tell the supervisor, well, look here, I'm not doing it. I'm staying in that same spot. You can't tell the tax collector people, no, I'm not paying no taxes. I done paid for my house. I paid my mortgage. Here you come to my some taxes. I'm not going to do it. Well, they'll come and take your property. The supervisor put you off the job. Yeah. So, listen, I attended uh, a university. I started in, in 2008. And each class I attended, at the ending of that class, you probably heard me say this before, I had to take a test. That was to try me to see if I learned what the professor had taught me. He taught the class that I learned from what he taught. If I learned what he taught and I passed the test, I went to the next class. Hallelujah. When I got in that class, I had to learn from the professor. And sometimes I wasn't quite understanding, so I had to get a tutor to help me. And the tutor helped me so that I could learn, so that I could pass the class by passing the test. Now, once I went through all of these semesters and passed all these tests, at the end of all of that, there was a bigger test I had to pass to show that from the first beginning to now, I understood what I was being taught, and I know it. It proved to the professors I learned and the university that I learned. Sometime in this life, to pass a test, we have to go and get help from somebody else. Sometimes we have to call on somebody we believe. God is in them and they are in God and we ask them for prayer or we explain our situation to them and see what knowledge or wisdom they have. Sometimes, if it's the prophet or the prophetess, we know them. Then what happens is God will use their mouth to speak up into our business and tell us what to do, which way to go. Sometimes your breakthrough and a trial will come just by studying your Bible. The word will break the trial and bring you through. Sometimes praising God, worshiping him in spirit and in truth. You praising him with all you got. Here come your breakthrough. You've been released from that. Now, after that, it, it, it does not mean more trials are not coming. Because every round goes higher and higher. The more you learn. To whom much is given, much is required. So we want to take self-inventory. That's what that mic check, one, two, mic check, one, two, testing, one, two, testing, one, two. That's what that is. You are taking self-inventory believers, the saints of God, the people of God, the children of God. We're taking self-inventory. Because we want to make sure we are on the right path. 
We're making sure we woke up in the morning with God on our mind. We, we woke up and told him thank you. We woke up and we had our morning devotion. We prayed and we got a scripture read for the day to carry us throughout the day. Uh, somebody said something to you to hurt your feelings. Somebody said something that was really nasty to you and it upset you and you, you, you wasn't afraid of them, but you was afraid of God. Hallelujah. So you, you had to check yourself and make sure you didn't say nothing back that would be displeasing unto the master. Yeah, you was real careful. And before you went to bed and you said your nightly prayers, you checked on it to make sure, and you asked God to help you. That, Lord, I don't feel some kind of way of hate towards this person or be unkind to them in any way. It could be some other thing. Ladies, you could have found out your husband was cheating. Men, you could have found out your wife was cheating. And and you felt like not behaving as of God. You felt like showing out in your flesh, but you didn't do it. Leaving there, you talk to God. And you continue to talk to him about it. And sometimes, because see, the, the word teaches us to forgive. It even teaches us if your husband or wife caught cheating and you can forgive them, stay on with them. But now if every time they do a simple little thing that you don't like and you bring up what they did that you felt was the big thing, don't do it. It's better you going on about your business. But you can't run out and get married again. Yeah, you got to forgive. God is serious about that forgiving. Now, if you choose to divorce them, you can divorce them and go on because they're in error, and God will honor that. But you can't divorce them and go take up with another man or take up with another. You can't do that. So sometimes you have to forgive and stay there, and in your forgiving, you got to keep it on the altar because you're going through the trial of it. Not only your flesh talking to you, but the enemy talking to you. You're not the kind of woman that let a man cheat on you and then you stay with him taking good care of him as a husband. What's wrong with you? Oh, the enemy coming. He gonna, If he did that, he going to do it again and again and again. That's what the enemy will tell you. But even in that, you're in the midst of a trial. You got to take them burdens to the Lord and leave them there. And keep taking self-inventory to make sure you're not hating nobody. Make sure you're not doing him wrong or her wrong. It's both the husband or the wife, man or woman. So you got to make sure that you're on the right track. Your neighbor don't like you. They never knew you. You don't know them. They came at your cross-eyed. You don't put your garbage over here. It goes over. Whatever they say, guess what you're doing? I'm sorry. I, I didn't know. 
I'm new to the community. Please forgive me. Yeah, well, don't let it happen no more. Uh, uh, uh. After that, you don't say nothing. You ask the Lord to have mercy upon them and to help them. And if you want to be outside when the trash collectors come, be out there so you can find out the rules and regulations of the trash. <laughs> Stay on your side of the house, uh, uh, your side where you're supposed to be on your property. And stay away from them. But it don't make you hate them. You shouldn't hate them. And we're still praying for them. And you're taking self-inventory when you get ready to, you know, think about it, Lord. Did I feel the wrong way? If I felt wrong, forgive me for my wrong feelings. If I said something that was wrong, forgive me for my wrongdoing. See, because all of these, to the world, they are struggles. To the believer, they are trials. And we're going through trials to make us strong because the next time this happens, we won't even think on it anymore. We say, oh, I'm sorry. Can you forgive me? I won't do that again. And we won't even think about it no more. We're going about our business because we done had experience from that first trial. And I know this sounds crazy, and some people are, oh, Barbara, crazy. No, I, I, I know I couldn't do it. But if, if, if I'm going to stay with the man, the husband that cheated on me, I need to do it. Here it come again. He done cheated again a second time. The wife done cheated on her husband a second time. He come and he says he's sorry. She come and she says she's sorry. What are you going to do with that? Again, if you divorce him, you can't marry nobody else unless they die. Even if they get married again, you can't believe her. Christian, children of God, saints of God. I'm telling you what the words say, not what Barbara said now. So a second time, and this, see, the first time you didn't go to the pastor, the first time, or nobody, you didn't seek nobody, you just did it, you and God, you trusted God, and you got through it. And it don't remind you, you're not reminded of what he did before. But the second time brought the first time back up, not that I didn't forgive him, but I, I'm looking at you because who are you that just keep cheating and think it's okay? It's all... I, there's all kind of diseases out here, all kind of spirits. And whoever you lay and play with, then you're going to come back to me with the foolishness? No. I, I got to get serious now. I want to be married. I still love you. But all the benefits you used to get, I got to check those benefits because guess what? Certain things you can't have. Until you come back, repent to God. Repent to me and show me what you mean business. I'm not going to treat you bad because I still love you, but guess what? I got to protect me. And you're not, you, you don't seem to be concerned about protecting you or me. So somebody in the marriage got to stand up and have a brain. Yeah, 
And then it, it appears that you don't understand when you do this stuff, I'm the one that's hurt. You say you hurt because you hurt me. <laughs> well, if you hurt for hurting me, what what's with the second time? How can you keep hurting yourself and hurting me? Because we're one in marriage. Boyfriend and girlfriend, you can commit to the boyfriend if you want to, the man you live with, and he cheat on you. You just cheated on. Ain't nothing to that because you you don't have no kind of bond. You don't have no, I'm saying spiritual bond now. I, I, you don't have no law, obeying the law. You don't have no paperwork. Uh, you, you're fornicating and you're sinning against your own body. So when you come up with cancer or some other kind of problem, uh, the man come up with some serious sick issues, you did it to yourself because you didn't honor what God said in marriage. You never gave God a thought. You only gave what your flesh wanted, what you thought should be. That's what you gave uh, attention to. You gave attention to old George because he's got a good job and he's a good provider and um, he know how to treat women because he loves his mama and his sisters and all the women, cousins and aunts and nieces in his family. So he know how to treat a woman. But you didn't give God no thought and no consideration. It was your thing. You did what you wanted to do. And that's mainly how the world do it. But you got a lot of churchgoers who say we're Christians. We're believers, and they doing it. You got counselors teaching for, oh, try it for a year. I'm going to let him wear me out for a year, and then he decides, no, I don't think we can make it. What? Or I decide, no, uh, I can't live with him. He don't keep the clothes in the dirty clothes hamper. Uh, he's a slob. <laughs> That's not what I'm seeking for in a husband. A whole year? I'm not going to waste my time, and I wouldn't waste a man's time. And then I wouldn't waste my time nor her time. The believer, we have to take self-inventory daily to make sure we're plugged in and connected with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Spirit of God will convict us. If it don't convict you, something is wrong. When you step out of line, if it does not convict you, something is wrong. I'm going to need you to go back to the altar and get what you thought you got the first time because something is missing. The, the Holy Spirit comes to direct us. It comes to bring things to our remembrance. Uh, it comes to walk us through this life with ease. If we can but adhere to him, if we can but listen and obey, many times the Spirit of the Lord has said this to me, don't say that, Barbara. I thought it, but I didn't say it. Now, what I was about to say was nothing wrong, nothing evil. It was the truth, but who I was saying it to could not accept it. 
I would have made a bigger enemy than a friend. So the spirit of the Lord said, don't say that. And I didn't. And then I got to find out they was weak as water. If I'd have said that, it would have destroyed them. The spirit of the Lord says, don't go to your left, Barbara. Turn right. I'm going somewhere. And, and, and I even got the GPS thing on. I don't like that. I like sure directions. But anyway, I'm about to make a, a left because the thing said turn left at the next light. The spirit of the Lord said turn right. Did you hear that? The GPS said turn left. The spirit of the Lord said turn right. Now, which way would I turn? Right. I go to the right because I know the voice of the Lord. I've been fellowshipping and communing with him. I know when he's speaking and when he's not, so I turn right. I go two blocks, and right now on the right is what I'm looking for. Why? I'm in tune with him. I realize he's, God is greater than my trials. He's greater than any struggle. If I take self-inventory, I'm going to keep myself on the right path of righteousness with him. I'm going to stay faithful unto him. I'm going to keep the faith. I don't care what my flesh say. I don't care what the enemy bring me, the devil. I can't care less. I care less about all of that. I hear the voice of the Lord, so I'm going to obey. Because who report will I believe? All day long, his, his word said, I'm healed, I'm filled, and I have the victory. His word said he overcame, and I'm going to be an overcomer too. His word said they hated him, so they're going to hate me. But I got to line up to endure this trial because if I'm lined up, if I got me a prayer life and a Bible study life, and then I'm taking self-inventory. I'm watching as well as praying. I'm preparing for the return of God. I'm going to be all right. Now, Barbara, that's a whole lot. Yeah, if you keep your mind on him, he'll keep you in perfect peace, and you can get these things done. You'll stop feeling in your natural self. Because when we got all these natural feelings, it's going to cause us to say some other things, do some other, and I don't want it, and I'm not going to have it. But if you're keeping your mind on him and what his word said, and you're walking in the spirit and walking according to his word, I don't care what the devil brings. I'm able to do all things through Christ who strengthened me. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I'm not walking around moping. Let me tell y'all something. I had to get up out of here the other day. And I got up out of the house and went out in the sunshine, felt so much better. You know, it's a natural uh, vitamin D anyway. It gives you energy. But that spirit of mope, that spirit of depression, that spirit of slack, that, that spirit of anger, it, it was all kind of stuff. I said, oh, my. I was in the bathroom. The Lord said, get out. I said, well, let me go. <laughs> and I went on, come back a better person. I, look, I even wasn't willing to get my hair done. Now, y'all know I got to be crazy. Oh, 
What lady don't like a wash and a condition and a trim? Who is she? But the spirit. I went yesterday and got my hair done. And the lady charged me way less than I thought it would be. I was blessed to give her a tip. She charged me, you know, reasonable, very reasonable. I knew what she was doing. But the thing is, I got to keep going back because she hasn't fully given her life to Christ. She got that filthy communication coming out of her mouth. But who can win them? If you can't stand to hear some cussing, how you going to win souls? Because that's what the world, the world cuss. They get drunk. They smoke weed. They smoke crack. A mess. They they lay up. They play up. They commit adultery. The world steal, cheat. They do all of that. So if you can't stand that kind of stuff, I don't know how you'll be a witness. Because what would you witness about? If they're not sinning, what's your witness? Who you want to witness to save folks? You just want to encourage and inspire now. You got the witness, Sugarfoot. Honey bunny. You got the witness. Yeah. Because that's work in the vineyard. So we got to take self-inventory. Mic check, one, two. Mic check, one, two. Testing, one, two. Testing one, two. That's to make sure we lined up with the Spirit of God. We're lined up with the Word of God. We're doing what He would have us to do. We want to do what's pleasing and acceptable unto Him. Yeah. No, No need for me to be down and pitiful and all of that. No need. If somebody die and I'm not down and pitiful, you think I'm going to be down and pitiful because uh, I didn't get the car? Child, please. You think I'm going to be down and pitiful because I didn't get married uh, last month? I was looking to be married in October, and uh, the man said, no, I, I, I don't think I want to do this. And I'm like, talk to me, what's going on? I said, well, you ain't the one. <laughs> I can't be down and out over that. He was straight up with me. He saved me from making a big mistake in my mind. He saved me probably from committing suicide. Because that's how people, a lot of women would look at it. They want to kill themselves. A lot of women would be, oh, my goodness. They need two or three counselors. And I want to share something else with you this morning, ladies. Leave these men alone that already have a lady. He's already got a, a special lady friend. Leave them alone. And when God speaks something to you, stop talking about what you're talking about and what you want. It will never happen. Bishop Marvin Winer said, God has spoken. Let the church say amen. Stop that. Stop. Ch- Look, I don't care if you've been married to him for 45 years. When he proved to you, you are not what he needs. You are not what he really won't get on somewhere. I see women making excuses. I see women sacrificing themselves just to get the attention of a man. I'm like, what the what? 
you're the woman. Why would you do yourself like that? You should be a special vessel. But see, when you done sold out, when you done let the devil send people to have their way with you, you don't feel like you have no worth. You, you don't feel like you all that in a bag of donuts. See, I'm all that in a bag of chips, donut, a whole chocolate cake, uh, the banana pudding, the peach cup. I'm all that. So if you're not coming right, you can't come. I take self-inventory. I stand on the word of God. I have a prayer life. I have a Bible study life. I'm real with God because he's real with me. I've never seen so many women that just zombies for men. A man to them is their whole world. If you take that energy and give it to God, you're doing good. If you take that energy and give it to God like that, you're doing well. I'm not talking about uh, women like Sion who was blessed to have a good husband. He, he wants his wife. He loves his wife. He's going to do what it takes to protect this wife. He's not coming with just any old everything before her because he knows if he does, she's gone. So he's careful with her. He treats her delicately and all of that. She's the one with all of that. <laughs> Y'all forget her. I have to laugh. But her husband loves her, and he treats her tender and kind. Yeah, and anything that she think a man should do, David, because she know he's rough, rugged, and real, and she know that her husband loves her. He wanted to be happy. If that make you happy, baby, go on and do it. But what I see out here, the way they chasing men and the way these husbands doing the wives and the wives staying and telling me I got to stay because if I don't stay, he going to sue me. I'll see you in court, big baby. I will see you in court. And if you want to uh, sue me and help get me to help you pay your bills, come on with it, daddy, yo. Because before we get to court, God's going to divorce me. But you want that no good man. You don't want deliverance from God. You 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 looking at the little stuff he got when God done told you he can bless you with millions. You're not studying God, you studying that man. And gonna end up in hell over that man. God wants your whole heart. He and he don't believe in part time loving. And he don't want you sometime, he wants you all the time. We want what he got, but we don't want him. Yeah, in many cases. And we still might check one, two, might check one, two, testing, one, two, testing, one, two. We still there. God is greater than your struggles. God is greater than your trials. But we got to come out and be real. Come clean with God. You can't play no games with him. His eyes are in every place. He's beholding the evil and the good. And then guess what? He knows the very intent of your heart. 
He hear what you say, and he's looking at what you're doing. Because what you're saying and what's coming out of your heart is not the same thing. And for his return, all of this needs to be said. All of this needs to be done to be ready to go back with him when he comes. Because God don't play games, I promise you. He play no games, and you think that one thing when it's another, whatever he said, he meant. He said what he meant, and he meant what he said. And he won't take down. He loves us, but he won't take down for us. He will not lie for me. And I know he loves me. Proves himself daily. I can ask him for something. It's done. I know he loved me, but he will not lie for Barbara. I'm just telling you the truth. No way, Jose. He won't do it. He won't do it. He won't do it. Hallelujah. And he's always there to help us through any what some people would call a struggle, but a trial. He's always there to help us through our trials. Right there. Because he know many are weak in the times of trials. Without opening your mouth, Lord, I can't do it. Oh, Lord, I'm tired of this. How much longer I got to go through this, Lord Jesus? Move it, yeah. We don't stand on the word of God. We don't face it head on and speak to that devil. Because sometimes the devil is in there telling us all this. You don't want to do that. You sick of this, this and that. Now, I, I, I can't be bothered. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to the rock that's bigger than me. I'm going to that solid rock that's higher than me. I'm going to Jehovah God that have all power through his son, Jesus Christ, and strengthen me, Lord, in the midst of this trial. Strengthen me in this trial. Don't move it, God. Just strengthen it. Help me to get through it and give me the lesson during the trial. Teach me your ways. Now, we don't do that. Oh, Lord. I, Lord, you know, I, I was in the office working, God. Now they got me on the on the car lot. I'm out here selling cars in the cold. And some days it'd be hard, Lord. I, the Lord got you out on the car lot so you can meet more people so you can witness more. We can't see that. Because we are feeling in the spirit, we feeling in the natural. Take self-inventory. Watch yourself. Yeah. And it will be all right in Jesus' name. I, I was sharing with Shante the other day about, I think, uh, what is his name? Mystical. Some of y'all may not know him, but some of y'all know Mr. Uh, uh, watch yourself. You kind of get beside yourself. Go ahead, though. I know. You kind of get beside yourself. I know. But go ahead, though. Yeah. I, I was sharing that with her. Because sometimes we just, Lord, just wilding all before him on the altar in our bedroom. Oh, we just wilding all across the floor and all crying and just, Lord. And, and God just said, looking, what in the world? How about, have my child been taught? Have my child been really seeking me? Because I'm going to tell you how some people are. I, I'm, and they say they believe in that. That's what they say. 
As long as God is blessing, he the greatest thing since life's bread. He is better than the world's greatest chocolate cake. He's just all that because he's blessing me. He's giving me what I want. I prayed for this. He did it. I asked for that. He did it. Oh, yeah, they love it. Oh, they paying big tithes and all. As soon as they don't get what they want, they almost ready to cuss God out. Do y'all hear me? The only reason why they don't cuss him out, they scared. Yeah, I asked you for the job, you didn't give it to me. I know people say they was angry with God. Ooh, I'm scared of you. I can't I can't run with you. You and know what God let them do all of that. Jehovah, he allowed all of that for them to tell him about himself. And he just stand back because he know what's going to happen to you. He just stand back and let them rap and rage and pity party and uh, act a donkey and whatever they were. He just stepped right back and let them do it. The woman told me she was mad with him because she robbed the bank and asked him for five years he uh, three years and he gave her thirty. How? <laughs> I think she deserved more time than that. I said what? I said oh, uh, uh, I'm gonna have to move on from her. You angry with Almighty God that have all power that destroyed thirty thousand of His enemies at one time? You don't know God, baby. You you done heard something, but you. You don't really know him. He destroys his enemies. But see, he's gracious, he's kind, he's merciful, he's loving. He has more patience than Job ever could have had. So he back up and he just waits. I've told him many times I'm glad I'm not him. Because it would have went a different way. Y'all know it would have. I would have come out. I'm God out boxing just to show you who, 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 who got the power. <laughs> so, no, I couldn't be God. Yeah. He's God. And besides him, there's no other. Yeah. He's almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing, wise. I'm thinking it's going to be this way, and he come in and he let me know, look. And when I look over there, it's a way I never could imagine. I, I, my little pea brain never would have thought of that. So we might check him. And we test him, one, two, one, two. We're testing. We're going before God every day to make sure we're on the right path with him. He's God and he won't change. He was that way yesterday. He's that way today. He will be that way forevermore. He's not the one going to change, but we must change daily. There's some things I have to change daily, my way of thinking sometimes. A thought will come forth over something. I got to change that. Now, when that come back again, I don't want to look at it in the same way. Hallelujah. So we're grateful this morning unto Almighty God that have all power 
and we want to get it right with him. You don't have to get it right with the preacher, but you must get it right with Almighty God. If you look around, the Bible is fulfilling daily. Well, really, minute by minute, hour by hour, if you're really looking, the word of God is fulfilling. And he's not a lying God. And what you see, it, it, it's going to magnify, it's going to get worse. There would be more than less. Yeah. What's been turned out now, it don't want to unturn. It don't want to go back to where it should be. The devil don't want to return. Evil spirits don't want to go back. So the spirit of murder, the spirit of rape, molestation, all of this is increasing. Spirit of murder just through the land. People killing people all kind of way, car accidents. I don't know if you notice the driving in your city or not, but I live in a small town. And the driving that come through here is just ridiculous. And this particular community, it have a lot of seniors. And you know, seniors don't drive as fast as they used to. We drive more caution, cautious, I should say. We drive more careful. We watching as well as driving. We're driving for us and everybody else because they got a spirit of go in them. A spirit of fast, speed, that's what's in them. And they will talk about us, but they don't understand. It's not us. It's that spirit that's in you. That's got your mind and you got to go. And where are you going? You driving a car. You driving an SUV. You driving a truck. And there are speed laws on the road. There are road signs that tell you in this area, this is how far, how fast you should go. They ignore all of that. And they go as fast as they want to. And, and in this little area nowadays, the police is not as much as they used to be. And even in Jacksonville, you don't see a lot of policers. So they're just having their way. They're just out here doing anything they're big enough to do. And please don't say nothing to them about it. Because they feel like it's my thing. I do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So we pray for the land. We pray for the people in the land. They overworking the land. Every time I turn around and look up, they throwing up some apartments. They throwing up some houses. Houses so close together, it's like I can reach my arm out the one and touch the next house. Mm-hmm. Wickeder and wiser. That's the world. It has become wickeder and wiser. Yeah. And they think they're getting away with something. But they're not. God is yet in control. He's yet almighty God that have all power. There's no higher power. He allowed them to run. He allowed us to do plenty of things. But then there's a stopping point where he come in and says, enough is enough. This is it. No more. Bam. It's over with. And people don't like the truth no more. They'd rather believe a lie than the truth. 
Yeah, they don't want to hear about their wrongdoings or what they think is not wrong. If they don't believe it's wrong, they don't want to hear nobody say it's wrong. But mic check, one, two. Mic check, one, two. Testing, one, two, three. Testing, one, two, three. Check it. Check yourself. I know somebody said back in the day, they said, check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> I can hear that. But check yourself if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, if you're the saints of God, if you're the people of God, if you're the children of God. Check yourself. Take self-inventory. Watch as well as pray. Be quick to hear, slow to speak, very slow to anger. But you have to rehearse these things. You have to put this into practice and and, and work on it. Because a lot of times we're not hearing the spirit of God. Don't say that. Don't do that. Don't go that way. Sit right here. Don't move. We don't hear that. So a lot of things God will allow us to practice until we can get in a place to hear the Holy Spirit speaking to us, the church. Yeah, let our light shine. We don't want to judge nobody. I don't care what I see. I don't want to judge you. And I don't care who you say you are or what you are. I could care less. Do what you feel you need to do for you. I come to lead you to God, and if you don't want to come to him, I don't have a problem with you because that's between you and your maker. And I'm rolling on in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I'm rolling on in Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. So I don't have nothing against nobody. And uh, I know the truth when I hear it. I do know that. And I don't want to judge nobody. Yeah. Because he told us to the same way we judge others will be judged. Lord, help me today. Uh-huh. That's my prayer. Lord, help me today. And it's already all right in Jesus' name. But we must seek God for the spirit of God. Lord, fill me. Lord, baptize me in your spirit. Teach me how to hear your spirit, God, speaking to me. Because God speaks to all of us, not just the prophets. He will speak to all of us. Because he must warn us. Certain things coming up, God will warn you. But it's up to you to know he's warning you. Hallelujah. But if you fellowship with him and commune with him often enough, you'll know that quiet, still voice. You'll know that voice. Yeah, I was talking a while ago and I could hear it audibly. I could hear him. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you. Hey, glory. Thank you. Thank you. We thank you this morning. We thank you for your word. For your word is a lamp unto our feet. Father, it's a light unto our path. And forever, O oh God, that word is settled in heaven. And Father, you blessed us with 66 books of your word, your inspired written word. But God, that It does not end there. That's not all you have to say to us. It's the book of instructions that we can follow the instructions to draw closer to you so that we can hear more from you. 
Help us today, O oh God, to seek your face and turn from our wicked ways. Help us, Lord, to seek you with our whole heart. Help us not to lean to our own understanding. Help us to acknowledge you in all our ways. And Father, you will direct our path. Help us not to listen to man and put our trust in man today. But man will deceive us. Lord, help us to study your word and to pray so that we'll know you, so that we'll know when men come. And that's a generic term. Men or women, Father, will come and try us and give us a false word. We don't want to be bamboozled, God. We want the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. We want to walk up right before you daily. We want to do what's pleasing and acceptable unto you. We want to walk by faith and not by sight. Father, we want you to strengthen us during our trial, not move it, but strengthen us. Not bring us out so fast, but strengthen us, God. Give us the lesson during our trial so when the next one comes, we'll be a little bit stronger and we can go through even more in the name of Jesus. Help us today as your people to do mic checks, testing, self-inventory, God. That we'll be able to stand in these last days, these last and evil days, oh God. Because the Antichrist is already here. We can have it in many places. Even the spirits of spirits are here working through your people the people that you made for your pleasure. But, Lord, we desire you. Our hearts desire Jehovah God that have all power through your son, Jesus Christ. We desire to lift up this blood-stained banner. We desire to be the candle that sit on the hill that can't be hid. Use us in your service today to be a blessing unto your people. But, Father, the harvest is plenteous, but the labors are few. And we are asking that you would send more laborers into the vineyard. But, Father, remember the labor that you called and chose us for. In the name of Jesus, stir up your gifts in us today. Move by your spirit, but by your spirit, Father, you said you'll go. Heal today by your spirit. Bless financially today by your spirit. Set the captives free by your spirit. Or touch and heal by your spirit today in the name of Jesus. Do it for your glory. And Lord, bless us to come out with great testimonies unto you. In the name of Jesus, we ask it all. Amen and hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. There's none like you. We're grateful unto you. We're grateful for your word. Father, we're grateful that you even pray for us. We thank you. You prayed even for us. And Lord, you left clear instructions. Help us to go back to the old path and look around and remember your instructions. Help us not to make excuses. But help us to go back and look around and get it right with you today. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We'll go on to this next one.
and uh, when we come back, the studio is open. If anyone has something they would like to say today, please feel free to press that number one and come in and share with us today. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is a friend who watches day and night. I go to him in prayer. He knows my every care. And just a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Have a little talk with Jesus. talk with Jesus makes it right, and I know it to be the truth. I'm here to say it this morning. I talk to him, I feel so much better, and many times I can go to him and he'll give instructions, and if I follow the instructions of God, I'm, I'm good. I am good right there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good morning to you, Pastor David, and uh, good morning to you, Sister Rita. Good morning to you, Sister Jerry. God bless you this morning. Good to have you back. Good to see that 850 number. Uh, good morning to you, uh, Sister CR. God bless you this morning. Good morning to you, Sister Irene. God bless you. I let um, Shante, I had a, 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 a chocolate tam left, Sister Irene, tam tam, and I let uh, Shante taste it. And uh, I didn't let her taste the licorice now, but I let her taste the uh, the balls because I had some left. And then uh, she had already tried Vegemite uh, when she was over there before in Australia. So she was familiar with Vegemite, so I didn't worry about that. But I let her taste some of the good, yummy things that uh, you said. Yeah. And so thank you so much. Thank you so much. Th- these were from last Christmas. Yeah, isn't that something? Yeah. 
So I thank God for it. And then I, um, this year, last year I was sick, so I couldn't share a whole lot. But I kept some things because when this year came, I wanted to share them with people visiting and uh, see their reaction and see what they say about it. And uh, I might even record it so Irene could hear it, you know, that kind of thing, yeah. So I thank God. Good morning to you, Sister Dorothy Goodman. God bless you, Sugarfoot. Thank God for you today. Thank God for each and every caller, every listener. And uh, I thank you um, for the chats over in the uh, chat room. We have a Jesus in the Morning chat and a prayer club chat. And a couple of more chats we have over there. And I think somebody connected with me in that general chat of the prayer club. And, uh, I mean, it's a lot of people over there. And I see people coming, you know, and going. And so I thank God. I thank God. And I give him glory. And I give him honor and praise. And see, when I think of encouragement, I think of prayer. I think of the word of God. You know, not just a bunch of people saying, Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good night. Uh, how you, I'm, I'm good. No, that's not speaking to me. Don't encourage me. But if you give me scripture, if you give me a prayer, I'm encouraged. Be encouraged. No matter what's going on. Huh? Yeah, yeah. That word of encouragement. Gospel music will encourage me. Yeah, and so I'm thankful unto him today. Again, the studio is open. If anyone has something they would like to say, please feel free to come in. I'm going to get just a part of this one, uh, maybe about three minutes of this request, and after this, then we'll come back. Because he lives, I live. Because he gave, I give. Because he bore my shame and took my place, he took my place. I can never be the same. Now when he looks at me, he sees Calvary. Across the blood, the nail pierced hand, his nail pierced hand. Because of him, I have a new name. New name, new name, new name. Satan got no hold on me. New name, new name, new name. I'm in him and he's in me.
father, I'm his boy. He has given me a new name. I know I'm his pride and joy. He has given me a new name. Whether you are fully aware or not, you have placed something first in your life. Have you ever stopped to consider what occupies that prime spot in your heart and whether or not it truly deserves that honor? Today, I want to urge you to put God first in your life. Let us delve into God's Word to truly understand the profound impact of making Him the center of our lives. I am also going to pray a powerful prayer with you in the mighty name of Jesus. So watch until the end and open your hearts to receive the blessings of this prayer. Now consider this. Every decision, every action, and every thought reflects what we value most. The choices we make daily are a mirror to our soul's deepest desires and priorities. But you know what? We should always ensure that we put God first in all that we do. When we truly place Him at the forefront of our lives, we experience a transformation so profound that our lives will never be the same. Today, I want to share with you nine essential truths to keep in mind as we seek to ensure that we've put God first in our lives. As we discuss these nine truths, I pray that each one will resonate deeply within you guiding your path closer to God's heart. Remember, a life centered around God is not just rewarding. It's the very essence of true fulfillment in your life. Number one, understand the ultimate priority. Listen to the words of Jesus in Matthew 6, verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. This isn't a mere statement. It's a profound truth. Every day, life presents us with an array of choices. It's like being at a grand buffet with so many dishes to pick from. What do you prioritize? 
the world offers temporary pleasures, wealth, fame, luxury, and all the material stuff you can think of. But what does God offer? God offers himself, which covers everything. When we prioritize God, we aren't merely adding him to our list. We are placing him at the top. By aligning ourselves with God's purpose, our entire perspective shifts. Life's challenges, rather than appearing as insurmountable obstacles, become lessons. They evolve into opportunities for growth and self-discovery. And you know what's interesting? When we place God first, everything else falls into place. It's like that void we once had. It's filled, that deep emptiness within us. Like there's something missing, it's gone. Because when we place God first, we begin to find fulfillment in His love and purpose. It's one thing for me to tell you. But my friends, experiencing it for yourself is another thing. It's life-changing in a tangible way. Once you place God first and feel that fulfillment personally, no one can sway your conviction, just like no one can persuade me otherwise, because I've felt and seen the power of God at work in my own life and in the lives of others. And that's what makes the Daily Jesus devotional community so unique on this platform. We aren't here for superficial reasons. We are deeply committed to spreading the gospel and transforming lives because we've witnessed God's power firsthand. Our team members have all walked that path. And we invite you daily to join us on this life-changing journey towards a deeper connection with God and to live a victorious life. And here's something else to think about. Remember the story of Noah and the ark? God told Noah to build an enormous boat because a flood was coming. People laughed and thought Noah was silly, but Noah listened to God, put him first, and built the ark. When the flood came, Noah and his family were safe. Just like Noah, when we listen to God and put him first, we're protected and guided. Even when things get tough or confusing, having God as our top priority helps us stay strong, hopeful, and filled with peace. So, let's be like Noah and keep choosing God and putting Him first. With God leading the way, our lives are always on the right track. Number two, there is the gravity of idolatry. As the book of Exodus warns us in chapter 20, verse 3, you shall have no other gods before me. On the surface, this may sound straightforward. Most of us might say, I don't worship idols. So this doesn't apply to me. But let's dig deeper. Idolatry isn't just about bowing to statues. It's about what occupies the throne of our heart. Is it money? Career? Relationships? Social status? Oftentimes, without even realizing it, these things take God's place in our lives. Every time we prioritize our desires, our fears, or the world's approval over God's voice, we place something else in his rightful position. Sometimes it may be unintentional, but that still doesn't change the reality. It's therefore essential to regularly examine our hearts 
and realign our priorities. By recognizing and dethroning these idols in our lives, we clear a path for God to take his rightful place. Let's think about the story of Jonah for a moment. Most of us are familiar with this story. Jonah tried to run from God's command, prioritizing his own feelings and fears over God's guidance. He ended up in the belly of a big fish. Yet, in that dark place, Jonah found clarity. He prayed and turned his heart back to God. And God, in his endless mercy, gave Jonah another chance. Just like Jonah, we too can find ourselves in tricky situations when we let other things take the place of God in our lives. But the beautiful thing is that God always gives us a way back. If we take a moment, refocus, and push aside the idols that have crept into our lives, we can begin to experience the joy and peace that comes from truly putting God first. Our God is faithful and full of mercy. After all, as Psalm 37 verse 4 reminds us, delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. This Bible verse offers us a promise worth holding on to. Number three, know about the transformative power of divine guidance. Proverbs beautifully echoes this in chapter 3, verses 5 to 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean, not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to Him, and He will make your path straight. This isn't mere advice. It's a life principle. In our journey through life, we often come across crossroads, moments of uncertainty, and periods of darkness. We all do. It's in these moments that our human understanding feels woefully inadequate. But there's a promise awaiting us. We are promised of God's divine guidance. When we fully trust in God and acknowledge Him, He doesn't just enlighten our path. He leads us by the hand. This guidance isn't about merely avoiding pitfalls. It's about being directed towards a life of abundance and purpose. It's about embracing a journey where every turn, every twist, and every pause has divine intent behind it. Reflecting on the story of David and Goliath offers profound insight into divine guidance. As a young shepherd boy, David faced the towering giant, Goliath. By human understanding, David had no chance he was not a trained soldier, and he did not have the size or strength of Goliath. But David wasn't relying on his own understanding. He trusted in the Lord. In the book of 1 Samuel 17, verse 45, with a simple sling and five smooth stones, he confronted the giant, saying, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. With God's guidance, David defeated Goliath and demonstrated that divine guidance and trust in the Lord could overcome even the most insurmountable challenges. This story encourages us to remember that when we trust in God's guidance, when we put God first, we can face our giants, no matter how big they seem. God is always ready to guide us, making our paths straight and leading us to victory. Number four. Reordering our priorities is crucial. In Luke 10, verses 41 to 42, 
we find a lesson on priorities. When Jesus told Martha, 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 you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. He was pointing out the essence of priorities. Life is bustling, filled with tasks, responsibilities, and distractions. In the midst of this, it's easy to forget the most crucial aspect, our spiritual well-being. The dishes will always be there. The laundry will pile up again, and the emails will keep coming. But the moments that we spend at the feet of Jesus, those are irreplaceable. It's a lesson for all of us. While we shouldn't neglect our chores and responsibilities, it's vital to ensure they don't overshadow our relationship with God. By regularly reordering our priorities, we ensure a balanced, fulfilling life where both spiritual and worldly responsibilities are harmoniously balanced. Taking a leaf from the book of Psalms, we are reminded in Psalm 46 verse 10, Be still and know that I am God in our fast-paced world. Stillness is often overlooked, yet it's in these quiet moments that we can genuinely connect with God and hear His voice. Think of the story of Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 19. After witnessing powerful events like fire and earthquake, God's voice came to him, not in the grand spectacles, but in a gentle whisper. This emphasizes the importance of quiet moments, away from the clatter and clamor of daily life. By making time for God in our busy schedules, by being still and listening, we give him the space to speak to our hearts and guide us. This doesn't mean quitting our jobs or abandoning our chores. It means setting aside purposeful moments each day, even if it's just a few minutes to sit in his presence. And as we do, our priorities naturally find their rightful order. With God at the center, number five, the joy of a God-centered life. Psalm 16 verse 11 states, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. How beautiful is that promise. The world offers pleasures. Yes, but they are temporary. They are like bursts of flavor that quickly fade away. God's joy, on the other hand, is eternal. It sustains, strengthens, and renews. A God-centered life is similar to dwelling in a perpetual spring. Even in the midst of challenges, there's an underlying current of joy. This joy isn't rooted in circumstances, but in a deep-seated relationship with the Creator. With God at the center, life becomes an exciting journey, filled with wonder, adventure, and profound joy. Reflecting on Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, we see him proclaiming in Matthew 5, verse 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. This purity of heart translates to a life free from the entanglements of worldly distractions and temptations. A heart devoted solely to God. Such a heart sees God, not just in grand miracles, but in everyday moments. The smile of a child, the beauty of a sunset, or the kindness of a stranger. A God-centered life brings clarity, like the clear waters of a still pond. 
Everything becomes a reflection of God's love and goodness. Every experience, good or bad, is an opportunity to draw closer to Him. And in this closeness, in this intimacy with the divine, we find the deepest and most enduring joy. It's a joy that goes beyond mere happiness. It's a joy that resonates in the depths of one's soul, regardless of what's happening around us. Number six, be confident about God's provision and promise. The promise in Philippians 4 verse 19 is a beacon of hope. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. When we prioritize God, it doesn't mean forsaking our needs, desires, or dreams. Rather, it's entrusting them to someone who knows us better than we know ourselves. God's provision isn't about just fulfilling our needs. It's about exceeding them. It's not about giving us what we want, but what we truly need. Imagine a loving father looking at his child. He doesn't just provide for the child's basic needs, but delights in giving gifts, surprises, and blessings. That's how God views us. By placing him first, we tap into an infinite reservoir of blessings that flow from his throne. Number seven, know the outcome of a divided heart. James 1 verses 6 to 8 cautions. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Duality is a challenge. Trying to balance between God and the world creates instability. Like trying to stand on two boats, drifting in opposite directions. By serving two masters, we become spiritually lukewarm. Neither here nor there, but by giving God our undivided heart, we find solidity, stability, and purpose. Our choices become clear, our path becomes defined, and our destiny becomes aligned with His perfect will. Number 8. Understand Life's True Purpose Have you ever grappled with the whole thought of why you are here? Ecclesiastes 12 verse 13 sums up the essence of our existence, and it says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God, and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Amidst the noise of the world, it's easy to lose sight of our true purpose. Are we here just to live, earn, spend, and then fade away? Or is there a higher purpose to our lives, a divine calling? By honoring God and following His commandments, we align ourselves with this higher purpose. Life, then, isn't just about living. It's about thriving. It's about making a difference, touching lives, and leaving a legacy of faith, hope, and love. Embracing this truth brings clarity to our journey in life and adds meaning to every step we take. So remember, we are here to fear God and keep His commandments. And to do this, we have to put God first. Number 9. Know about the unmatched reward. Jesus made a profound promise in Mark 10 verses 29 to 30. And Jesus answered and said, Verily, I say unto you, 
there is no man that hath left house, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my sake, and the gospel's, but he shall receive an hundredfold now in this time. Houses, and brethren, and sisters, and mothers, and children, and lands, with persecutions, and in the world to come, eternal life. So this isn't a transactional relationship. It's a covenant. When we prioritize God, the rewards aren't just spiritual. They manifest in our everyday lives. We will notice that blessings, favor, open doors, and divine connections become a part of our daily experiences. Above all, the promise of eternal life awaits us. It's an eternity, not just of existence, but of joy, love, and unparalleled communion with God. And does this mean that we won't ever face opposition, discrimination, or persecution because of our faith? No, it doesn't mean that either. Jesus consistently taught that following him might lead to suffering, and this scripture also underscores that message. However, amidst these challenges, when we put God first, we are also assured of victory through Christ, who strengthens and uplifts us in every trial. In other words, the enemy won't have the final say. God does. Let us look again at the story of the prodigal son in Luke 15. After squandering his inheritance and living a life away from his father, the son decides to return home, expecting rebuke. He is instead met with an overwhelming embrace and celebration from his father. This story illustrates God's grace and the unmatched reward awaiting those who return to him. Just like the father who throws a grand celebration for his returned son, God celebrates each of us. The reward is not based on our worthiness, but on his boundless love. Know that every sacrifice made, every challenge faced in the name of faith, is recognized and rewarded by God. And beyond the material and tangible, there lies the profound peace and joy of knowing we are cherished and valued. The rewards God offers aren't just for a moment. They echo into eternity shaping our existence beyond this life. Now, in Revelation 3, verse 20, God extends an open invitation, saying, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person, and they with me. This isn't about a distant God up in the heavens. It's about a loving Father at our doorstep waiting to be invited in. It's up to us to make that choice, to open our hearts and let him reign supreme in our lives. Consider this. The beauty of the gospel lies in its power to transform. When we embrace these truths and place God at the pinnacle of our priorities, our lives experience a profound transformation. So if you believe that you have placed God first in your life, and there is no positive transformation, you need to do some introspection and ask for God's guidance and always remember to be patient and trust God's timing. By making God our utmost priority, we move from merely going through the motions to living with purpose and intent and those challenges we encounter 
they evolve into opportunities for growth. As for the blessings, expect them to manifest as daily miracles in your life. The promise is clear. Put God first in your life, and your life will undoubtedly never be the same. Now, to all those within the sound of my voice, let us go to the Lord in prayer. I want you to pray this prayer with me so that you can have all the blessings of this prayer. Let us pray to our gracious and loving God, Everlasting Father, Almighty God. You are the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the creator of heaven and earth. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I give you all the glory, honor, and praise, Lord. I am grateful for your faithful promises, your amazing grace, your everlasting love, and your mercies that endures forevermore. Lord, I thank you for the gift of life, and I thank you for the many blessings you have given to me. Father, I humbly approach your throne of grace, acknowledging my sins, my mistakes, and my shortcomings. Forgive me of my trespasses as I also forgive all those who have trespassed against me. Lord, forgive me for the times I've placed other things above you. For moments, I've let the pleasures of this world distract me from your eternal promises. In the mighty name of Jesus, I declare that every chain of idolatry and distraction in my life is broken, and I rebuke every spirit of confusion and worldly temptation that tries to pull me away from your presence by the authority of the blood of Jesus. I claim emotional, physical, and spiritual healing over every part of my being. I declare in the name of Jesus that the same power that resurrected Christ from the dead flows through my veins, revitalizing and renewing my spirit, mind, and body. Merciful Father, I pray for divine protection over my life and the life of my loved ones. Lord, I ask that you command your mighty angels to stand guard around us, shielding us from all harm or evil. Father, you are our provider, and I ask for your abundant blessings to overflow in our lives. May you guide our paths and draw us closer to you. Lord, help us to prioritize you above all things and experience the fullness of joy that only you can give. Father, as I say this prayer, together with everyone listening, I thank you for each heart that is humbled before you right now. For those who are feeling lost, may you be their saving grace and guiding light. For those who are burdened, may your Holy Spirit be their comforter and grant them peace. For those struggling with their priorities, may you grant them the conviction to put you first and the discernment to choose what truly matters. And for those in need of your touch, may you bring them healing, vitality, and restoration. Heavenly Father, we come into agreement as a faith-filled community, and we thank you for the rewards and benefits you have promised us in your word. We ask for the strength and wisdom to always seek your kingdom first 
to reorder our priorities and to embrace the joy and transformation that comes from your divine guidance. Lord, I thank you for hearing and answering my prayer. In the precious name of Jesus, I pray, Amen. If you were blessed by this message, type the word Amen in the comment section below. I declare that all the blessings of this prayer are now upon you. In the name of Jesus, you can help us to reach...
radio not just for your ears, but also for your spirit. Jesus in the morning radio. And you're with Barbara. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord, we thank you. And put God first. We want to put him first in everything, yeah. We don't want to let him go last to nothing. Give him the first food of our, our day, the first food of everything. And we get to see just how God bless us. So listen, we're going to pray out this morning. And we pray the Lord bring us back tomorrow morning, Friday morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for another episode of Jesus in the Morning. And uh, we want to testify of his goodness tomorrow, talk of his wonders, works. Make known his deeds among the people. Hallelujah. God is faithful. That he is. And so we are so thankful unto him. So, Father God, we thank you for all that has been said and done today. We thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. Father, we thank you for your kindness. We thank you for all you supply to us. And as we depart this morning, Father, bless our going out. Bless our coming in. Meet the need in our lives according to your riches and glory by your son, Christ Jesus. Father, bless your people today. Show your people that you're on their side and that you're for them this day. In the name of Jesus, open up financial doors in this season. That God, they'll be able to shop. They'll be able to do the things that they desire to do. They'll be able to serve the meal that they want to serve this year. In the name of Jesus, give me strength, God, to be a blessing unto others and Get all and everything done and the meal cooked and everything. In the name of Jesus, we thank you this morning. We give you glory, honor, and praise. And, Father, we ask it all again in Jesus' name. Amen and hallelujah. May the Lord watch between me and be while we are absent one from another. In the name of Jesus, go today in love and peace. Share the good news of Jesus and give someone something of quality. God loves a cheerful giver. Have a blessed day. I speak the blessings of Almighty God upon you today, November the 30th, 2023, in Jesus' name. So at this time, I'm going to say bye-bye. Have a blessed day. And we are just going to have one last song of the morning. And after the song, I won't be coming back today. Hallelujah. When all foundations have been shaken
I'll trust the victory of your cross And fix my eyes upon you, Jesus 